Folks, this morning as we come to this passage, uh, we, we can all consider the weaknesses that we face within ourselves. If we were to look at the picture, here we have the children of Israel gathered outside Jericho. Here we have this mighty city with its walls built up. And I'm sure there, are, well, there, there were those within the, 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 the camp of Israel who looked at that situation and said, what on earth are we going to do here? We are all weak. We all have weak tendencies, weak moments. We all struggle at time to time with situations that we're faced. Weakness affects us all in one way or another. It can affect us materially. We can find those situations where perhaps we find ourselves that we're trying to stretch things, to make ends meet, maybe to pay day, and there's bills need to be paid. And there is that weakness financially, perhaps. And then there is weakness physically. And I'm sure we're all only too aware of that. Those times when we've been laid aside and we haven't been able to do what we wanted to do. Then there is emotional weakness and mental weakness when the things of life situations crowd in around us and we feel that we're at our wit's end or we just can't go on any further. And then there are weaknesses spiritually. And each child of God, I'm sure, can, can understand what I say when we speak about spiritual weaknesses. Times when we lack our faith to trust the Lord. Times when we ask the Lord the question, Lord, what are you doing? What's going on? Lord, I don't understand the path that you're taking me. And we become weak. We can become worried and we become burdened down with the things of life. When we ought to be trusting in the Lord. When we ought to be saying, Lord, bring me through this valley. Bring me through this trial. I know, Lord, that you have the way planned ahead. I know, Lord, that all things work together for good. The Apostle Paul writing to the Corinthian believers in 2 Corinthians 9 says, And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Oh, what wonderful words. In our weakness, the Lord's strength is seen. And yet, believer, we often fail to take that to heart, don't we? We often fail to realize that the Lord brings these things upon our path to draw us closer to him. To show us that he is the almighty, all-powerful, all-sufficient one who will lead us and guide us through those situations. And yet in our own weakness so often we rely on our own wisdom, on our own strength, on our own ability. So often when problems come we lift the phone and we chat to our best friend about it before we chat to the Lord about it. We have uh, problems dealing with weakness, each one of us. I suppose when it comes to some of these things, we could particularly apply it to the men. Men are meant to be resilient. Men are meant to be the one who undertakes for all the needs in the family, all the needs in the home. And yet men, we all know if we'll only admit it, we too feel such weakness at times. And yet we hide away our emotions, we shy away from health issues, we bottle up our problems. Oh, we, we, we can't be seen to be weak. No, we have to be strong. We have to be strong for our wives. We have to be strong for our families. We have to be strong for our church. Yet weakness affects us all. 
And as we study God's word, especially if we were to go to the, the epistles, we see so much of our weakness. We recently went through the little epistle of James in Bush Mills. And week after week there was a challenge. And read that little epistle for yourself. The challenge comes again and again and again. It highlights our own weaknesses, our own insufficiencies, our own failings in the light of God's word. It highlights the problems perhaps in living up to the standard of holiness which the Lord expects of us. And so this morning, in light of this, I want to come to this chapter in Joshua. I want us to see the children of Israel as they come to the city of Jericho. And I want to consider perhaps what the reaction of the people was. When our weaknesses, we often see the obstacles we often see the barriers. We often see the problems. I would like to consider our weakness when we're faced with such things. Such things that perhaps could be described as impossible or overwhelming. I want to encourage each one of you this morning. That no matter what your situation is today. No matter what problem you may be facing. What may, what, maybe whatever trial is in your path. That we have a sure and a certain hope. If we're trusting in Christ, of course, we have a sure and certain hope. That all things work together for good to them that love the Lord. And that the Lord has a path mapped out for us. But we need to trust in him. We need to trust in him. So, with the chapter before us and considering the background, I want us to firstly see the enormity of the problem. The enormity of the problem. Picture the scene with me please. Here is this mighty city. This fortified city. They tell us that the walls would have been double skinned as we would say. It would have been like a cavity wall that was built around these great cities. There was a great wall on the inside and there was a great wall on the outside. The base of each wall was around six foot wide. So you have six foot and six foot and the cavity in between. And the wall would have varied in height, perhaps 14 metres, we'll put it into old language for those of us that are still in feet and inches, in around 46 feet. So this was no small structure. Between those cavity walls, they were filled up with clay to a certain point. So that even you broke through that outer skin, you had to then face this great cavity of clay, which would have been packed down before you got to the inner skin. So going through the wall really wasn't an option. Overall, they tell us that roughly the width of the bottom of the wall would have been about 30 feet. So you're talking roughly, what, somewhere in the width of this little building. 30 feet wide at the bottom of the wall. <coughs> and to any ordinary army, to any ordinary man looking on, and you consider the children of Israel standing there before Jordan or before Jericho, looking at the on of that wall. Can you see the enormity of the problem that was set before them? How on earth are we going to penetrate this city? The Lord has told us to come up against this city. How are we going to do it? How are we going to do it? In the eyes of man, 
in the wisdom of man. The problem was impossible. Consider the mental impact alone that that would have had on those folk as they gathered before that city. You know, so often when we take a look at the problems in our own wisdom, in our own strength, they seem so big and so great and so immovable, so, so immense there's no way around them. And maybe there's someone today and that's your problem, that's your situation. There's something in your life. It may be illness. It may can be concern over a loved one. There are so many problems that we all face. And you see absolutely no way round this problem. All you see is the enormity of the problem. And it's filling every part of your life and it's weighing you down. To you it is like that great fortified Jericho. Or perhaps it stands there like the great Goliath in front of little David. And it just seems impossible. You say there's no hope. You say how am I going to get through this? And you start to shrink beneath the magnitude of it. And your weakness all you see is impossibility. And yet the Lord says, in your weakness, my power will be displayed. Oh, we have the enormity of the problem. There was a remedy of the problem. Praise God. The Lord always has a plan and always has a remedy. The instruction was given by the Lord to Joshua. And then to convey it on to the people. What they were to do and how they were to defeat this city. You know, I often wondered... When Joshua went back and told the people, we're going to go around the city and we're going to encircle it for six days, once a day. And then on the seventh day, we're going to go around it seven times, but we're not going to say a word. I wonder how many of the people laughed at Joshua. How many people said, as we may say in certain parts of the country, that man's head's cut. What's he talking about? There's no way we can do this. What is walking round a city, round and round and round, ever going to do to solve our problem? Well, the walking round the city wasn't going to solve the problem. Obedience to the Lord was. And sometimes the way ahead may seem ridiculous. Sometimes the Lord may ask us to do something that we say, Lord, we cannot do. Sometimes the Lord asks us to go away, which we say we cannot go. I mentioned to the young people across in the Bible class in the morning this morning, I remember when the Lord was calling me into college. So many obstacles, so many Jerichos, so many Goliaths standing in my way. Wife, family, mortgage, all those things, all obstacles. Lord, I can't go to college. I can't go into full-time service. Lord, look, look at that. Who's going to pay my mortgage for me, Lord? Who's going to look after my children for me, Lord? Lord, how are we going to get around this? Lord, I'm almost 40 years of age. 
How am I going to deal with the study? I'm not an academic, Lord. So many problems. Praise God, he brought me one night to a passage, a well-known passage in Matthew chapter 28. We're talking about the Great Commission. And the Lord tells the eleven disciples to meet him on the banks of the mountain there beside Galilee. And there's a wonderful little verse, I think it's verse 16 of Matthew 28. Verse 17. It says, they all worshipped, but some doubted. They all worshipped, but some doubted. And maybe that's you this morning, you're a believer and you're worshipping the Lord and you're trying to do your best to live for the Lord in light of all these problems, but you have doubts. You have doubts. These were the 11 men that had spent three and a half years with the Savior. They all worshipped, but some doubted. What was the message that the Lord brought to them? All power is given unto me. Where? In heaven and in earth. Or was that not enough to allay their doubts? And friend, that message this morning is still the same. That message is still the same. Our God has not changed. He is still the sovereign God. He is still the one who created and rules supreme over all the affairs of men. All the affairs of men. Not just some of them, but all of them. And on that point, can I just add in, it's not until we see God for who he is that we can really deal with the problems that we face. Well, may the Lord give us a fresh glimpse of who he is. And when we see him for who he is, then we will realize that there is no problem that cannot be got through. For if the Lord is on our side, who will stand against us? Oh yes, with these people, they faced, there was a remedy for the problem. Joshua had been given the answer. Joshua had told the people, this is the word of the Lord. And this is the way of the Lord. If you walk in this way, then we will overcome. And so the people had to trust in the Lord. Oh Lord, we may have to go round in circles as it seems. But Lord, if that's the way it has to be, then that's the way it has to be. You know, folks, sometimes the Lord takes us the long way round. There's a whole sermon in there as well that I'll maybe preach some other time. But sometimes the Lord has to take us a long way around to bring us to where he needs us to be, doesn't he? Perhaps it's to humble us. Perhaps it's just to show us his power and his strength. And maybe you're on the long way around today. We look, take a look at the children of Israel as they walked through the wilderness for 40 years. A journey that should have taken them days. And yet the Lord had to take them the long way round. I wonder perhaps, is the Lord taking you a long way round today because of your sin or your unwillingness to trust him? Well, the Lord had a remedy for the problem. Then I want us to notice that there was the reality of the problem. 
the reality of the problem. If we ever want to overcome a problem, then we must stop and take a look at what the problem is. And we must investigate what that problem is. And we must work out what that problem is. Before the children of Israel was a mighty fortified city, within the wall of the city was a a highly trained army. In and of themselves, the children of Israel could have probably made a good attempt at taking the city. But the risk would have been high. The losses would have been great. The reality was that they could not do it on their own. And they needed the help of the true and living God. In verse 12 and onward, we see that they followed the instruction that was given by the Lord to Joshua. If we were to turn to 2 Corinthians 12, the Apostle Paul there speaks of about the thorn in his flesh. Here was a problem that Paul faced. But, dear friend, these problems need to be looked at in perspective. The problems that we face need to be examined and taken into perspective. And something that may seem to us as a hindrance or as a difficulty, when it's in the will of the Lord, in the hand of the Lord, it will become a blessing. When we come to Psalm 84, we read there about the valley of Baca, or weeping. Those places, those narrow places where trial and pain come. And it says that there will become a well in the valley of Baca. And friends, those pain, that pain that we face in that valley of trial, it brings forth tears. Even perhaps to become like a well. And yet a well speaks. A well speaks of freshness. A well speaks of flourishing. And in those trials and those difficulties, with the problems set before us, if we'll only trust in the Lord, that valley of trial, that, that, that problem that's set before us, can f- turn from such a painful thing into such a blessing if we'll only let, let, let the Lord have his way. I wonder, are you in the valley of Baca? Are you facing this Jericho this morning? You need to get a grips with the reality of the situation and the reality of who your God is. I need to get a reality of who God is at times. We all need to do a, a reality check. Dear friend, we need to be trusting our Saviour every step of the way. We need to come to that point where we humble ourselves and humble ourselves and realise that we cannot do this on our own. That is the reality of the situations that we face. We cannot do them on our own. We all need a reality check. We need to take our problems to the Lord in prayer and rely completely on His strength. A well-known verse. First Peter 5 and 7. Casting all your care upon him for he careth for you. When was the last time we cast all our care on the Lord? When was the last time that we took our cares and concerns and laid them at the Lord's feet and, and left them there? So often we want to pick them up again. Lord, deal with my problem. And then you put it back in your pocket and away you go again. The problem doesn't go away. You've taken it back up. Cast your care upon the Lord. 
Casting all her anxieties, all her worries, all her concerns, all on him. Dear friend, we need to take a look closely at the reality of the problem. Then, very quickly, very quickly, what about the reassurance over the problem? Again, that verse in 2 Corinthians 12 and 9. And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for in my strength is made perfect in weakness. <coughs> well, Joshua knew the promise of those words. Joshua knew that he could do all things through Christ which strengtheneth him. He knew that the Lord had the way planned. He knew that God's grace was sufficient for every situation. And just say, the Lord never, never gives us too much grace for the situation. But praise God, he never gives us too little grace. He gives us the right amount of grace for every situation that he tries, that we find ourselves in. We read that the Lord tells us that he will never put temptation in our way that is too great for us to bear it. But we need to be trusting him. Oh, here there was reassurance over the problem. The Lord had told Joshua that the city was given into his hand. That he would have the victory. The Lord tells each child of God that we are on the victory side. We are on the victory side, dear friend. May that reality set into our hearts this morning. The Lord is in control. The Lord has our path worked out. The Lord has told us that he will go before us every step of the way. What is his words to each one of us? Follow me. That's all we have to do. Follow the Lord. Trust him that he knows the path that he takes us. Follow him. And that is the reassurance in the problem. Oh, it was a big problem. And yes, there was plenty of people that would have murmured and complained. But the Lord had a way of planned and there was reassurance in the problem. Very, very quickly, there was rejoicing after the problem. Rejoicing after the problem. Oh, we see the account here how the Lord destroyed that city. Oh, the Lord did not just cause the walls to fall down. Can you imagine a wall 30 feet wide and 46 feet high or whatever the case was? And that wall was to fall down. Well, unless it flowed out like water, it was still going to be a big mountain to cross to get into that city. But the Lord done something that nobody expected. The archaeologists, the historians tell us that the ground opened up. And the ground swallowed the wall. Nobody expected that to happen, did they? And yet there's nothing too hard for our God. Praise be his name. Nothing too hard for our God. That wall just sank before the eyes of the children of Israel. God intervened in a mighty and a powerful way. And praise God, he still intervenes in a mighty and a powerful way. Why? To bring honor and glory to his name. 
I wonder, do we want to see honor and glory brought to the name of our God and of our Savior this day? And if we do, step out on his promises. Trust him every step of the way. Folks, I know the Christian life is hard. I know there's difficulties and there's trials. Each one of us faced them. The pastor's not exempt from them. Praise God. He is the one that's in control of the problems. He is the one that will remove the Jerichos that stand in your way. He is the one who will defeat the Goliaths. But we need to rest on his word. We need to step out on his promises. Get under the blood, the hymn writer says. Dear friend, this morning, are you struggling in your Christian walk? Have the problems come in around you and they feel, it just feels like there's no way out? Well, take your eyes off your surroundings and look heavenward. Get back into the Word and search out those promises. Get on your knees before the Lord and ask Him for the strength and the help to get you through. Get on your knees and pour out all your problems before the Lord and leave them there. Praise God. I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. Oh yes, sometimes easier said than done. His grace is sufficient for each one of us. Oh, the blessings, oh, the riches that we have in Christ Jesus because of his finished work on Calvary's cross. And oh, the blessings and the riches that we miss out because we take, instead of looking heavenward, we're looking earthward. Your friend, as I close, perhaps you're here this morning and you're unsaved. Jericho reminds me of my sin. In and of myself, there was nothing I could do to conquer my sin. And your sin stands before you, dear unsaved friend, as a Jericho. And you may try every way you can possibly try to deal with it. You may try coming along to an long free Presbyterian church. You may try living a bit the best of a life that you can. And you're ticking all these boxes and still there's the problem of your sin and you can't get ahead of it. Praise God. Sin that was defeated at Calvary. And dear friend, the Jericho of sin may stand before you. But because my Savior shed his precious blood on Calvary's cross, a way of reconciliation between God and man was opened. All you have to do, dear friend, is come and trust in Christ alone for salvation. That's all you have to do, trust him. Take your eyes off your own good works, off your own righteousness, and trust in Christ alone for salvation. Praise God. He has promised to remove our sin as far as the east is from the west. Well, the ground swallowed up the walls of Jericho. And Jericho was defeated. And praise God, all our sins, every sin, can be forgiven at Calvary if we'll only trust in Christ alone. Dear friend, whether you're saved or unsaved this morning, my prayer is that each one of us, preacher and hearer alike, will go out taking our eyes off our problems and looking unto Christ, the author and finisher of our faith.